It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSONS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis. There's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Loyal Sun Show. That's at The Loyal Suns on all the social medias. Follow us there. Follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love basketball season and hate football season, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show. A safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix. Brought to you by Section 5. Squid, let's get right into it. David didn't make it today. I think he's he's quit the pod. No, he's traveling for work. Uh, couldn't make the recording today. So David did send a written statement via email. I don't know when that'll be fit in, but he had some words, and we told him we'd read those words at some save point. that for the end probably <laughs> or wherever it feels right okay yeah squid um 58 7 loss mm-hmm. to notre dame i guess before we get into that i want i want to ask you it was your first time in south bend that was my second time like i said first time as an adult what did you think i liked it I liked the experience. Uh, there are definitely parts of it that we'll get to that I was like, eh, that was pretty lame, or this is just like an old stadium or whatever. But that was a great trip. I thought the places we went to, to tailgate, the night before, after the game were all pretty cool. I've heard people say like outside of like those couple areas, South Bend isn't like anything special, but for a weekend trip, I think we all had a good time, aside from the three and a half quarters, if that, that we were in the stadium. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's been a theme for pit trips in the past. Everything's great outside of the times we spend inside the stadium. Um, South Bend's cool. It's a cool college town. I liked uh, linebackers on Friday night. Great showing from pit fans. Uh, It wasn't quite Tommy Trent's in Knoxville, but definitely a good showing regardless um, yeah, like, that was crazy. We ran into a number of people. I ran into a few people before we left that said, I heard this place called the linebacker that's pretty cool. And then at a rest stop in Ohio, we saw some pit fans talking about where we're going. And they told us, like, I think we're going to go to the linebacker. And I'm like, no way. I think we are too. So I knew there'd be pit fans, but it was like almost all pit fans. Yeah, I think that's very touristy bar. Uh, when you're in when in Rome, right? You have to go to the linebacker. When you're in South Bend, you gotta go to the linebacker. Um 
cool little spot. I like the little divey feel on the inside. There was some outside area as well. And like I said, great showing from pit fans, almost exclusively pit fans. And uh, yeah, giant beers, giant beers. So for those of you looking to go somewhere in the future, you go to the linebacker, get there early. Cause I think we got there around six 30. I know some people tried to get in around closer to 10 and uh line was around the block. Uh, that was a good one. You mentioned the tailgating setup. Pretty interesting. Much different from the North Shore. Uh, we, ourselves, we parked in a grass lot next to some apartments. Uh, just paid, what was it, like 80 cash. Park park on a slab of grass. Um, and then I was walking. I walked past a bunch of tailgates that were just in people's front yards. Um, I walked by a live band playing at a tailgate just on the corner somewhere on a patch of grass. Um, pretty interesting. And then when we walked, we walked up by the stadium just to check out campus, touchdown Jesus. Uh, there were some lots right outside the stadium, but a lot of people just tailgating in the grass outside of houses, outside of apartments, uh, in beer distributor parking lots, pretty, pretty unique setup from, from what we've seen in some other college towns. Yeah, I liked it. I was a little skeptical at first because our one buddy who's a Notre Dame fan, yes, we have one of those, pointed out like on Google Maps, like this patch of grass is where I think you guys should tailgate. We go there. It's always a good time. It's like a lot cheaper than the ones close to the stadium, and I think it's more fun. So I was like, well, is there a name for this lot? They're like, no, it's just like on the corner of a street, and there's grass there. So we showed up. It was cool. It's actually really convenient because our speaker died and we just ran an extension cord off of an outlet on the outside of the apartment complex there. So that saved the day. We had a good time. I I enjoyed the walk to the stadium. I thought it was real cool how they had so many practice fields, like their baseball field, like all lined up between, I guess, where we were and the stadium. So that was a real nice area. Whenever Pitt gets their on-campus stadium, hopefully it's similar to that. Yeah, you walk through Victory Heights and mm. into the stadium. Um, yeah, definitely a cool setup, cool college town. And then a little spot after the game. We're going to skip the game for a second. We went to O'Rourke's, but it was on Eddy Street. I think it was like the Eddy Street Commons. A little nicer area, a few spots, some bars up there. Um, once again, good showing from Pitt fans. A lot of Pitt fans made the trek over there to drown our sorrows after the game. Um, but yeah, this was, I, I kind of expected it with it being Notre Dame place, you know, a bucket list place for a lot of college football fans haven't played a game down there. And what's it been at least four years now? Um, so I, I figure a lot of people want to make the trip, get their Notre Dame trip out of the way, but so many pit fans, I had very few interactions with any Notre Dame people other than people we knew previously. Um, and that's not. Like I was avoiding them or they weren't personable. It was literally just there were so many Notre Dame fans uh, or I'm sorry, so many Pitt fans that didn't really have many opportunities to chop it up with the with the Irish faithful. Yeah, All right. it seemed that way. Every rest stop on the way there was Pitt fans or Notre Dame fans who were probably making the trek in from like Gibsonia. So, yeah, we had the interaction of like, oh, you guys from Pittsburgh, 
like guy wearing a Notre Dame hoodie. He's like, yeah, that's why was why we came down. That's why we're pit fans. Like, oh yeah, I'm from Bridgeville. Like, yeah, that made the trip down too. Like, of course you are, of course you are. Okay, well, we beat around the bush long enough. We went to the game. 58-7, the worst loss of the Narduzzi era in terms of points lost by. Uh, that's last two games against Notre Dame, if my math is correct. Uh, let me do some calculating here. My mental math isn't all that great. We'll see. 103 to 10, last two meetings between Pitt and Notre Dame. Going back to the game in 2020. Yeah, it was always annoying because we had such a great thing going. There were all these stats. Like every time Pitt plays in South Bend, it's been within like three or six or seven points in the last however many meetings. So we can say we play Notre Dame close. In 2020, that was the COVID year. Like Joey Yellen was playing. Kenny Pickett was hurt. So that doesn't count. Now we have this one on our track record too. And it was just like, yeah, everything was bad. Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. When push push the, the timing at the tailgate, underestimated the walk to the stadium. Uh, so by, by the time I got up there, I did miss opening kick, uh, but was in my seat. And then I went to the bathroom, and one complaint about Notre Dame Stadium, bathroom situation, absolutely hor- horrific. Uh can we do a quick stadium review before we talk about the game? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, bathrooms. What the heck? Like two stars out of five. Uh, very small. Uh, very rare. I had to walk almost damn near to the other side of, uh, like, across the stadium to find a, a men's bathroom. Not great. The line there was the longest line of the stadium. Terrible. Yeah. Maybe a good thing they didn't sell beer because the lines would be 10 times as long. <laughs> right. Yeah, no beer. That's a automatic deduction mm-hmm. uh, con- off the concessions already. And like the food, probably the worst stadium food selection I've ever seen. I don't understand it. Have they heard of like French fries? Every. The one concession stand by our section sold nothing but potatoes, and they were just like soggy and weirdly seasoned. Yeah, I asked for like a loaded potatoes thing because there, that was like the one place where there wasn't much of a line. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, "Oh yeah, we're out of those." It was like the second quarter. I'm like, "Oh, what do you have?" And she's like, "We have potatoes, just literally just baked potatoes, um, little little spuds." So yeah, food concessions. One out of ten, absolutely pitiful. Uh, I've I've been to several Whippeal High School games with better concession stands. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you take a lap around the inside of the stadium? I had one regret of not like walking around the concourse more to see if there was anything cool or noteworthy, or if it was just like a bunch of concrete. A lot of concrete, a lot of signs that just say like Newt Rockney, Lou Holtz. Mm. Okay, that's about it. Um, bleacher seating. Once again, most big time college stadiums have bleacher seating, uh, but it still sucks. What else? Great view from where we were. We could see touchdown Jesus poking out over the end, edge of the stadium. That was pretty cool. I was gonna say 
once you're in the seat, although it's a bleacher seat, I thought the bowl look was really cool. It was, I don't know if it was a sellout crowd, but it was very full. So I've always been a sucker for those, like just when you're in there, it just looks like one giant bowl of people. So I thought that atmosphere was really good. I know the last time you were there, you said they didn't have the scoreboard up. So I'm sure that was strange to see a giant, nice scoreboard behind where we were. So would have been nice to see some good plays on it at some point, but whatever. All right. Still kicking the can down the road here. Can we talk about the game? <sighs> yeah, I think we stalled long enough. Like I said, I missed kickoff. Was trying to go to the bathroom uh, when I heard the punt go up. And then I heard, like, cheer, cheer, loud roar of cheer. And I heard punt return touchdown for whoever it was for Notre Dame. And then I didn't actually see the play until after the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Piss poor. That That was something. It was so weird of a play that we saw the punt. We saw the guy get hit. And I think I turned to like talk to one of our friends sitting next to me about, I don't know, something stupid or whatever. And I hear some cheers. And I turn back. I'm like, what? He wasn't tackled. He broke another tackle and another one. Oh, okay. Only one guy between him and the end zone. And yep, there's a touchdown. I thought the play was over. We were saying all week they had to put Phil on punt team. It wouldn't happen. Then we had what two two interceptions on Sam Hartman in the first quarter, still down seven nothing. Um, I mean that was the recipe, right? We had to get after Sam Hartman early, make him turn the ball over, and hopefully he spirals. So after the second one, I was like, "Hey, we're down, but this gives us a shot here." Yeah, we and... picked up Sam Hartman twice, and he threw for no interceptions, and lost by fifty-one. That makes sense. No touchdowns. Said the interception. Yeah. I got what yep. you're saying. Um, yeah. So Sam Hartman, he goes 18 for 25, 288, two, tu- two interceptions, no touchdowns. I mean, played a pretty solid game outside of the two picks he threw. Um, yeah. It's crazy to think about it in hindsight. This game was seven to nothing in the first quarter. For the first quarter, I think we were kind of optimistic. We thought we could maybe score some points. Maybe the defense forces some more turnovers and holds strong. But I don't think we got to the end of the first quarter and we realized the offense had no shot today. Well, yeah. I mean, looking at the offense, I wanted to mention Signetti's cool new wrinkle to the offense he added this week. You know, in the past, we've done run the ball every play, throw the ball deep every play, go fast. Wildcat. Wildcat. This week's rendition was the speed option. That we ran with Bear to Sebo. I don't know what the final count was, but it felt like every other play for the first half. Yeah, I think only one of those was remotely successful, and it was a play where Hammond made a dude miss and maybe broke a tackle too. So we got maybe six yards, but it could have easily been zero. Notre Dame's defense is bigger, faster, and stronger than our offense. The speed option. That doesn't work since, like, Oregon in 2008. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you have a a 
really good athlete at quarterback and no disrespect to Christian Vayer. I, I think he can move a little bit, but that's, that's the type of offense you run. Like you said, you know, Dennis Dixon ran the speed option. Well, I, I don't, I don't know what we were getting at with uh Vayer there, but they tried something new, broke out the wildcat even. Um, Signetti continues to impress us with his just absolute buffoonery. Uh, Gavin Bartholomew played 27 snaps, zero targets. That's correct, zero targets. I actually saw some people on Twitter suggesting that it was actually a good strategy so Notre Dame doesn't go and lure him into the portal in the offseason and Mm. give him big money. So I, I get the strategy there. Just kidding. Um, Dude's mentioned in his presser today on Monday when we're recording this that he had a conversation with Gavin uh, and discussing, you know, getting him more involved. I'm sick of hearing this shit. Okay, I've been saying it for weeks. We we Tim Salem's wife has been asking it about him, or asking him about it, and we're still here. I mean, we've been saying it for two years. I don't like. What's the conversation going to be? Yeah, coach, throw me the ball, make me a focal point of the offense. Um, and Jake Cradle re- reiterated this this frustration. I think he tweeted out at two thirty in the morning on on well, Sunday morning, Saturday night. Uh, that Gavin needs five plus targets a game, and I don't think anyone in the world disagrees with him. Um, it's it's a drum we've beat far too much over the last two years, but. It just it doesn't get any less infuriating knowing that you have a weapon like that, and he legitimately is not involved in the game plan. Yep, maybe one day. Maybe, maybe one day. Keeping him fresh for Florida State. Right, right. Didn't want to put anything on on tape. Um, so how do we feel about Christian Vare? Were you seeing the chalk whistle up to Notre Dame? Had us outclassed, or? Are we coming back down to earth a little bit here? So I've gone back and forth on this, and I'll be completely transparent. I haven't rewatched this game. And I don't I don't know when I'm gonna be able to pull myself to do that. I typically do before we record again. Um my early thought on this is I think Veyer is still the guy. I still think I saw enough against Wake Forest. I saw a good bit against Louisville. Not not didn't blow us away with his performance, but made some big time throws. I still think there's something there with Bayer, um, and this is just going to be the type of growing pains that they're going to go through. And quite frankly, he went into uh, Notre Dame Stadium in his fourth ever start, third start with Pitt. And he ran into an Notre Dame team that much better, much more talented, much more athletic, much stronger than this Pitt team is. And he's playing in an offense that, I mean, we've we've stated over and over again, we don't think the offense, the scheme is very good. Um, so he hasn't been put in position to do great things. Um, I will say my, I, I am pumping the brakes a little bit on the Vayer hype train. I, I really thought after the Wake Forest game, I had very high hopes for where he's at already. And this just kind of put me back into place. Like he's got a lot of growing up to do uh, at the quarterback position. I, I'm not ready to 
throw him to throw him to the wolves yet um and and say you know it's it's sheriff time although sheriff did come in and make two big time throws mm-hmm. through a touchdown um so i'm i'm not ready to say like i'm done with bear but uh i it's a little concerning but i think it's just growing pains i guess this would be a good question for david since he is the leader of the christian bear hype train but I went back and forth as well. I think pretty early on it was clear that Notre Dame was just going to blitz the hell out of us and dare us to beat us through the air. They were multiple times where people in our section point out, like, oh, Bub Means on an island, or they've got nobody over top on that side of the field. But that was intentional. Vare was getting hit early. He had no time. But some of those interceptions, I think all of them, Maybe you could argue that Bob Means could have given him better effort on one of those. The rest of those were pretty bad. Yeah. Like concerningly bad. Yeah. And it comes back to what we heard, right? That Bayer was pretty t- turnover prone in practice and probably a big reason why they weren't ready to go to him sooner this year. Um, so maybe the game, or excuse me, against North Carolina, we chalked it up to this. He was trying to make a play. The offense was doing nothing and they were losing. So he was trying to make a play force some balls. Maybe he was trying to do the same thing again, but can't do that too much, Christian. Four four times a lot. Four picks is, is pretty excessive. Uh, and you want to take care of the ball. On on the flip side, I don't know. What what chance did Pitt have to play super conservative against Notre Dame? I don't know. Um, but I want to go back to Nate Yarnell here. Do you think he's earned some reps? Do you think we're going to see more of him now? I mean, against Florida State, why not? I'm not a big fan of this theory that you should play two quarterbacks and see who does better than make the decision from that. I know the one year Michigan did that. Harbaugh would give like Cade McNamara the first quarter and JJ McCarthy the second and go from there. But I mean, I think it's well against reported. Florida State and you're two and six. If Bears doesn't look good in the second or in the first half, I'm okay with going Yarnell in the second. See what happens. Because Yarnell looked really good on two throws, which is about the smallest sample size that you can have as a quarterback, but those are both really good throws. Yeah. I don't think there's one instance in the history of football where playing the two quarterback system having them alternate drives, quarters, whatever has actually worked out uh, in the coach's favor, in the team's favor. But I will say I'm not completely against it in this situation because we are two and six and because this season is over. Um, And I've been on the train of if Nate Yarnell was any good, he'd have been higher on the depth chart after his Western Michigan performance, after all we've seen this year. Um, I've fully been on that train and anyone who said that we need to give Nate Yarnell a chance, I'm like, no, there's a reason he's not playing after the handling of the quarterback situation this year. Uh, I'm fully out on this staff's ability to evaluate quarterback play and figure out who the best guy is. So I don't know. I might want to see Nate go out and sling. I want to see him make mistakes that make me think that guy is so bad he can't be the quarterback of the future. Because at this point, 
I need to see it with my own eyes before I trust the, the decisions of this coaching staff with the quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know when it happens, and I don't particularly care. Just give them a game. See how it goes. Syracuse, it could be any of these games down the stretch. We're not going to be favorites. So maybe he's a game. At some point, we have to find out what Nate Nyarno can do for more than a couple garbage time drives. Right. And maybe he's a gamer. Like, I, I, I know a lot of people don't like that term, but. You know, they didn't want to play Vayer because he was throwing a bunch of picks in practice. Maybe that does translate the games that we've seen now that we've seen that this this past Saturday. Um, but who knows? Maybe you just let him get out there and let him start slinging it. Maybe maybe there's an answer there. Um, but it'll be an interesting. Interesting to see how that plays out through the rest of the year. Pitt has to figure out if the quarterback of the future is on this roster. I know I anointed Vayer that as the guy last week. Um, and once again, I'm not I'm not ready to completely give up on that, but also not completely against seeing what the other guys have have as well. So uh, this is a this is a brutal brutal pod to be doing. I, I'm still recovering from the weekend, and there's not even any positives we've been able to pull other than Nate Yarnell's dimes. Yeah, I am absolutely furious that we are discussing if our third string quarterback should be getting reps right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mark that um that's one that was not on my bingo card back in August for the pit football season. Okay. Well, took our medicine on the game, left left the game early, and we're gonna we're gonna just cut this discussion short as well. Because we have stuff to talk about that happened after the game. On Saturday, particularly, I'm now coining it as the comment, the quote by Pat Narduzzi in his post game presser. Um, I want to start this by saying that Pat Narduzzi has never been particularly a wordsmith, uh, he's not exactly the best public speaker uh, especially to the media he's had he's said some things where he put his foot in his mouth before uh, sometimes we just you know joke it up joke about it laugh it off oh that's just Narduzzi being Narduzzi he's a jackass uh, but he's our jackass but made a comment after this game that quite frankly did not go over well with the fan base with the players with the media um squid you got the quote ready to go? I don't, but if you want to look it up, I, I can tell you about how I... I mean, which, which one do we want to look up? Yeah. <laughs> about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, we were outside at O'Rourke's, and someone who was inside was on their phone, and they come out, and they're like, do you see what Narduzzi said? And I was like... What are you even talking about? He's like, you'd probably defend it because you love Narduzzi. I'm like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? And he he says he said something about how the players suck, and we have screenshots from like 15 players quoting it, and they're all so pissed off. And I was like, why do you even tell me this now? I was finally starting to be in a good mood, having a good time at the bar. 
And then we scrolled through, we're like, oh man, this is bad. And then all the national people picked it up and Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So full quote. Um and Noah Hiles got absolutely shelled for his quote, and that was just I think Pitt fans were pretty just I guess spewing their misplaced frustration and taking out on Noah uh, and not the two and six football coach who just lost by 51 points. But hey, that's me. Um, But full quote here, um, courtesy of Jim Hammett. I'll go back as a football coach. You lose a lot of good players from a year ago and you think as a coach you're going to replace them. And obviously we haven't. Again, it starts with me. I didn't do a good enough job coaching today. Put it on me and we've got to make plays. However you want to read the quote, he basically says, we had good players. The guys we replaced them with aren't aren't very good. Or we didn't do a good job of replacing them. Um, and it starts with him. But our players aren't good enough. And let me say, I don't think he's completely wrong. Because you just lost by 51 points and you're 2-6. and six. I remember exactly our reaction to being told the quote. I think we got told the infamous paraphrased version first. And we were like, man, we just lost by 51. We do need better players, but like, you can't say that. And our buddy who had the quote on his phone was like, well, people are taking it out of context. So here's the full quote. And you read it. And we looked at each other. We're like, I mean, that's not any better. (laughs) He just said more words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think he was flustered after the game. Said something kind of pretty stupid. Probably what everyone was thinking, but something kind of stupid. Um, and Dude said today in, a, in his Monday presser, I went, I went to all these guys immediately, you know, apologizing to them. Uh, Dude said he, he was sick to his stomach. He didn't get much sleep after the game. Um, I don't think Narduzzi is intentionally trying to throw his players under the bus with that. I think it's just he after a ass whooping, he's in the presser. He answers a question kind of not really thinking it all the way through. Um, per usual. Right. And that, at part of your job as the head football coach of a major college football team is to not do that. Uh, but I think that's just kind of part of what Narduzzi is. I do think Dues genuinely cares for his guys and they do care about him. It's been it's been a theme for pit teams for years. Like the guys talk about the Narduzzi's guys love him. Um and I think he does rub some people the wrong way too, but for the most part his guys his guys like playing for him. He like they like playing for the staff. Um and I think this is something that's a le- little easier to, you know, look over and move past when when you're winning and when you're not getting your head kicked off by 50 points. Something I've always said, people ask about Narduzzi. I would say a good portion of other head coaches dislike Narduzzi. I'd say probably every fan base in the ACC dislikes Narduzzi and across the country. A lot of people hate Narduzzi because he, he's honest, sometimes too honest and he'll have these moments where he'll 
throw some jabs and they'll say some things that he didn't think all the way through. And I'm like, you know what? He's a football coach. They're all just stupid football coaches for the most part. Who cares what they say? Everyone that's played for Pat Narduzzi and hasn't like transferred away because they were unhappy with whatever seemed to like him. So I'm like, I don't care if the team likes him. Who gives a crap? And then Saturday night, it seemed like the whole team hated him based off of Twitter. So I was like, great. Now what's going to happen? But I don't know. I think they should be more upset about the fact that they can't beat anybody and lost by 51. Agreed. Yeah, we're same team there. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to add to this. We'll get to David's quote. I'll just say, I think there's going to be a lot of transfer portal action this offseason, uh, more so than we're used to with Pitt. Um, they've done a really good job and have been towards the top of the Power Five in terms of retaining their guys. Um, I just think this is the nature of college football. What did you just do? There was a bug in my water for those watching on YouTube. Sorry for that image. That's only like the fourth worst thing that's happened to you in the last 48 <laughs> hours. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from. Yeah. Transfer portal. There'll be a lot of it. Guys are going to leave. That's the nature of college football. When you win presumably two or three games in a season, guys are going to leave and they're going to have to reload. Hopefully they reload big time. But we'll see how that goes. Can we read David's statement now? Yeah, would you like to or would you like me to? I have it pulled up here. Okay. From our honorable co-host, David, on his trip. Here it goes. To whom it may concern, Saturday was an unbelievably embarrassing showing by, in order from least to most, the speed option, the city of South Bend, Christian Bayer, Frank Signetti, every special teams contributor, Pitt fans on Twitter, and finally, Pat Narduzzi. In one offseason, Coach Narduzzi's trademark stubbornness turned a program that won 20 games and two trophies over a two-year stretch into the absolute laughingstock of the Power Five. But as long as we can all lock arms, sing Sweet Caroline, and take our anger out on Noah Hiles, there are no issues to be discussed. The silver lining is that we get the rare opportunity to watch a good team with competent coaching and a well-managed roster at Akershire on Saturday, at least those of us brave enough to attend another game this season. Please save us, Jeff Capel. Signed, David. David's not taking it too well, and he's not moving, moving past this anytime soon. Um. And I'm looking at, he, he shared us with this via email <laughs> and Gmail suggested responses. One of them is just great. See you Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to reply to him with that right now. Yeah, well, hopefully we see a lot of you Saturday. See a lot of you Wednesday for the Pitt basketball exhibition game against Pitt Johnstown. Europe. Pitt Johnstown, what are they? The Mountain the Cats. Mountain Cats. Mm -hmm. Are you a little torn over this? You know, 
No. Okay. No, I am not. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Well, I think we'll touch on that next episode. Talk talk some hoops, talk some Florida State. But I think for for this, we, we need to just close the book on Pitt Notre Dame, move forward and pretend that none of this ever happened. As always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. <laughs>